Welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. I'm your host, Andrea Butcher, and I love today's conversation. It's so, so relevant. Today's guest is seizing the opportunity to share the well-being message. She says that the stars have aligned and the time is right for a focus on well-being. Can I get an amen to that? Nicole Steck is the Director of Well-Being at Banner Health. But what you really need to know about Nicole is how she's empowering employees to be their best selves. Listen in as we talk about the five pillars she's established to represent a holistic well-being strategy. And you'll want to tune in until the very end of the show because I'm going to ask Nicole, what's the most important ingredient for success in a wellness strategy? Check it out. For like the past, I'd say 15 years, you know, I've worked uh, for a number of organizations really helping them design and implement workplace wellness strategies, uh, whether it be screening programs to uh, you know, managing an on-site clinic to supporting education and awareness for a number of health and wellness subjects. Um, I've worked for employers such as the Mil- United States military, uh, small businesses, health systems, local government, uh, you name it. It's been a really great experience to be exposed to all those different populations and really engaging with those employers to design programs that meet their needs um, and make sure that you know we're really ultimately improving the wellness and well-being of the employees. And so that's what I've been doing at Banner for the last few years um, as the director of well-being. I joined in 2019, right before you know a global pandemic <laughs> impacted the healthcare system and Since then, we've been on our way to really design and implemented a new holistic strategy at the beginning of 2020, and it's continued to evolve over the past couple of years for sure. Well, yeah, especially at this time, this season right now, right? No no surprise it's evolved as the needs of employees have changed so much. But I want to go back. It's really interesting that you talk about the different organizations and industries doing this work within, because I suspect that I'd be curious, how do you characterize like the work playing out differently because of the different culture, the different demographic of employee, like the the tie that binds, no doubt, are the people in the organization that have things that they're struggling with. I mean, that's the human challenge. But how much of an impact does the organization or the culture or the industry impact the work? When I look back at the different types of employers I've worked for and the industries they've been in, um, you know, different industries do have different demands. Um, you know, my experience working with with the military in the, around the 2000, 2010 mark, you know, we were in the middle of, of different wars and the mental strain there that, you know, our service members as well as their families experienced almost as reminiscent of what we're now seeing in healthcare. So there's some similarity there, but, you know, with, with military, we also saw high use of tobacco. So we did had a lot of strategies around reducing uh, the use of tobacco with that population, which we don't necessarily see in other populations. So when I'm working with, you know, local government um, or even in healthcare, the tobacco use is not the same level. So the, the strategies, we, well, while we have one, is not necessarily as enhanced as it would be with another population. And one of the things that also I feel like across all organizations that I've worked with is that senior leadership really has had a huge influence and in really helping to drive the strategies because it has been an important component, potentially even one of their values that they even had for their organization was focused on wellness. And so that has been a common thread in all these employers that I've worked for. I've been very blessed to have a lot of great opportunities and just that they're all, as an organization, they're passionate about well-being. Yeah. So you see the tone that senior leader sets for sure. 
Yeah, what is that? I heard recently this great line that the the shadow of the leader is the culture. Thought that represented it really well. When I worked for a local municipality, we had a city manager who we actually did a step challenge as a city, 3,000 large people, you know, 3,000 people, we did a challenge against the city manager for a month. And like, that was like, you know, that just, it, it demonstrates, you know, the level of commitment and then helps to drive, you know, the culture and the engagement of our, of our employees. Yeah. I mean, what a great example of modeling the way with that story. Okay. So that's helpful context. So thank you for that. So today, you know, you, you are leading well-being at Banner Health. Let's take a step back and I would love for you to just define well-being. You know, you see it everywhere. It you alluded to this earlier with just over the last couple of years how it has really taken taken a front seat in the challenges and the dynamics of the workforce and how do you define well-being? When I think about my definition of well-being, it does align really well with what we are doing at Banner and you know, our program at Banner and our strategy is really about empowering our team member to be their best self. And when I think about the definition of well-being, typically it's really living your optimal life. Um, and it incorporates multiple dimensions of your of your lifestyle. It's not just about your physical health. It's your mental and emotional health. It's your relationships that you have with others. It's your connection with yourself and, and growth um, and who you are as a person, it also kind of bleeds into like your finances, your your financial wellness impacts your overall well-being. And so it's well-being is really trying, you know, living your optimal life and having being empowered to do so with, you know, the resources and tools that are in your your network, whether it's at work or outside of work, that you have those at your disposal to use to be be who you desire to be. That message really resonates with me that, you know, as a leadership development facilitator and an executive coach, like I really appreciate that language of someone being their best self because it's, it's very individual, isn't it? It, that, that message really meets people where they are, but do you ever get someone who really struggles with that message? I think it's, it's a very broad message for maybe for some where they're like, what does that mean? And then you know, that's where, you know, for my team and I, we go into, you know, what is it that we're doing and what pillars that we have within our strategy really drive what we're doing. And at Banner, our strategy is called My Wellbeing. And we have five pillars. One's called My Health, My Wealth, My Growth, My Purpose, and My Community. And those tie into those different dimensions of well-being. It's your physical health. It's your financial wellness. It's your self and professional growth. It's your mental and emotional well-being. And it's also your social dimension of well-being. And we you know, share the different resources as well as offerings and opportunities where we engage team members in those different dimensions. Maybe not all at once, but we demonstrate you know, the ways that we use those to help guide what we do as a team at Manor. I love that. And it, it it is very much holistic, isn't it? Could you just read those off or, or say those one more time? My health, my growth, my purpose, my wealth, and my community. So it very much aligns back with what you were, your definition of well-being, where you were talking about how it's all of those things, mental, emotional, relational, connection with self, financial. I mean, I've seen many other models that have, you know, more dimensions than that. And you can get as specific as you want, but those we felt as an organization really defined and really covered all the areas for, for our team members. Well, and it gives you a focus, doesn't it? Because I think sometimes with too many, it can, it can even be too broad. Yes, 
Yes. And even, you know, even as a team, you know, at Banner, we don't necessarily do every single thing that relates to each of those pillars. We, we, I think one of the greatest things that we've been able to do has been the collaboration that we've had with other internal teams at Banner. And that has also helped, I think, to really create a more sustainable model for well-being as it's infused in different elements of the organization. Well, yeah, because it's connected to so many different parts of the organization. So that's part, like, I, I love that. That gives it credibility that it can connect with so many different parts of the organization, so many different stakeholders. That could also be challenging, though, because you have lots of stakeholders to navigate and manage and connect with. Oh, yeah, you bring up a really great point. I think, you know, when we launched our, our new strategy in 2020 and then a pandemic came about. And what a lot of leaders began to see was a lot of, of our team members were using the platform and the app that we had, you know, implemented to really, you know, help with their well-being, but also help with other things. And these leaders would reach out to us to say, hey, like, can we run like a challenge through you guys? Because we really want to raise awareness for hand washing, or we really want to raise awareness for, I think one of the great things we did in 2020 was Within the first couple of months of the pandemic, if you know, we remember and recall that we had a shortage and limited amount of PPE to help support our healthcare workers um, who you know were supporting you know all of our communities. And we worked with our foundation at Banner to drive a campaign and challenge within our well-being program to encourage our team members to create homemade masks that they could then donate to the foundation and distribute across the system. And we raised over 10,000 homemade masks, essentially made by our own team members to help those that were actually you know, on the front lines uh, supporting our communities in the beginning of the pandemic. That's awesome. And what a great service initiative as well, which no doubt lifts up and, and engages people. And that's one of the things that we like to, we continue to do within our program. One of the things that we encourage and even, you know, incentivize within our like overall program is volunteer service in your community. And that can be with whatever, you know, nonprofit or charity of your choosing as a team member. But we also highlight ones that our organization is supporting or doing as well throughout the year within our program to encourage that the giving back that community piece that is so important to your well-being. Again, like I love that. That's another example of connecting to things that are already happening within the organization. And and that's why I love it that you call this a strategy. It's not a program, it's not an initiative. It is strategic. I mean, it, and you and you are leading the charge for this strategy in the organization. I can tell you have a ton of passion for it. Like no wonder you love your job so much. <laughs> I've been in this field for a while and I you know, I think even specifically working our healthcare system, even before the pandemic, but almost especially during the pandemic, being able to serve my, you know, our fellow team members within our organization has been so, so rewarding. It's been, you know, exhausting. It's been exciting. It's been challenging. But at the end of the day, like we're helping and to support those who serve others. And uh, that's just really, it's meaningful work. Filling their buckets at a time when many of them like have very empty buckets, they're exhausted, they're tired. You're lifting them up. So good. Okay. So I've got lots of questions about the strategy. So you've, so you've outlined the five pillars. I acknowledge that it is a strategy. I love that. I'm curious about assessment. Is there, like, talk us through, you, you've mentioned the app. So talk us through, like, someone's engagement with those five pillars. Is there an opportunity for me to look at those five and, and assess, like, my health in each of those areas? 
When we implemented this strategy back in early 2020, part of the launch was the implementation and rollout of a digital wellness platform um, that also has a, a mobile app capability because we realized that most people you know, use their phones for absolutely everything. Um, and getting on a desktop isn't necessarily conducive for everyone's you know, working you know, work life as well. And so within that app, it's really kind of our central hub of where our team members can get connected to our resources and opportunities to engage in their well-being, whether it be physical activity, which the app syncs with fitness devices for you to track your steps and your activity minutes and do challenges in that space. But it also has a calendar that promotes volunteer opportunities, educational opportunities, those other elements of our program contributing to some of those other pillars. And we're able to track as an organization the you know engagement in those different components of our strategy, those different opportunities that we have. And then also we have them have our team members do what we call a health check survey, uh, where it's once a year, they complete a survey. And it's not just about like their physical health. Did they go to the doctor? Did they get their blood pressure checked? That, you know, that kind of information. It's also asking about those different dimensions of, of well, well-being is, you know, kind of how they're feeling mentally. What does their social support system look like? How do they feel about, you know, their finances at this time? And then what's great about it is they get a snapshot of what they look like, but then it connects them to all those different tools that we have in our program. And then we as an organization, my team and I can look at that data at an aggregate level and really help to continue to enhance and evolve the strategy to meet the needs of our team members based on what they answer. And so it might not be called the My Health Pillar they need more help in, but maybe it's physical activity is low. We need to like help with that. Or they're not feeling confident about their finances. Well, maybe we need to promote um, some more opportunities with our financial partner to do some education on debt management or on savings or on retirement. So that helps to guide some of our decision-making and our programming. So what are you seeing? Because how long now have you been looking at that data? 2020 was when we launched and we, you know, just recently kind of did a strategy session going for 2020, really kind of beginning to plan for 2023 at this point. But looking at, you know, this data along with aligning with our engagement survey that we do as an organization annually, which we did at the end of last year. And then also looking at, we haven't quite gotten all this yet, but we'll look at, you know, comparable to our medical claims data from 2021 as well, and begin to kind of align each of these elements and fine tune, like, what are we doing really well? What can improve? And when we look compared medical data for 2020, from our 2020 program and strategy to our medical data, what we did find was that those team members that were most engaged and participating and using our tools and resources, they did cost us less on the medical plan. That was just in the first year. They were less likely to go to the emergency room. They were more likely to use urgent care. They were less, you know, they were more likely to get their preventive screening. So on the medical side, like we're, we're definitely seeing like even just in that first year, an established trend that we hope to kind of grow year after year as we drive more engagement. The first couple, you know, first few years of our program, we're really trying to drive engagement and awareness for the tools. And at this juncture, we have over 53% of our team members that are enrolled in using our, our platform and mobile app and really helping to continue to engage them as well as their fellow team members in, in all of our offerings. I mean, I don't know what standard is, but 53% at this point feels really high. I mean, I bet you're pleased with that. Yeah, no, we're, we're very pleased. And I think that's you know, it goes back to why other leaders were reaching out to us like, hey, a lot of people use this tool. How do we get 
involved with that tool to help drive some other cultural change. And, you know, there's conversations about, you know, for some of our safety initiatives that we have as a system, how do we create like a safety challenge, you know, really kind of beginning to like, again, integrate what else is happening at Banner with well-being so that it's all a part of the same message and really creating the supportive environment. Well, and I suspect, too, you're collecting some really great stories because behind all of that cost savings are really good things happening in people's lives that are impacting those cost decreases. Definitely. One of the stories I can think of is just it has to do actually with safety, as I was just mentioning, but we did a challenge a little over a year ago and it was a step challenge. It was like three weeks long, but the team actually, you know, that won and had the most steps and did the most miles uh, throughout that, that time period, their unit had less near misses, which is like there could have been an accident, you know, a fall or something like that. And there were less falls. They found that they were walking around so much more frequently and doing more in the space and up and moving that they actually, you know, it does impact other elements of the organization operationally. And so we'd love to hear more stories like that, but that's just one way that we're encouraging that. Absolutely. And no doubt like capturing those and sharing stories encourages others to engage and share stories. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so back to the five pillars. We've talked about the value and the focus there. You also, um, I heard you say that there are incentives for particular areas. Are there incentives across all of the pillars? How does that work? Within our overall well-being strategy, I, I we kind of bucketed as like we also have a program, which you can do the program to earn the financial incentive, if that's something that you enjoy or or want to receive a financial reward for. And the financial incentive is for all of our team members. That's another thing is that the strategy, the program is for everybody, um, not just those that are enrolled in the medical plan. However, for those on the medical plan, as they earn points for these different activities that they do on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, those points lead to dollars off their medical premiums for the following year. And so they can reach, as they reach different levels of points, they earn a larger reward. And so we found that that approach was better than an all or nothing approach. If you have to reach this amount to get like this bucket of money, it's no, you can do a little bit and you can get this and you do a little bit more, you can get this. And it really helps to kind of help drive team members to like, oh, I can do it all. Like, let me just go a little bit further. Let me stretch, you know, stretch myself a little bit further to like take, but also at the same time, take care of themselves. Like that's the other thing that we're really trying to drive at is it's daily consistent habits. It's learning about, about your well-being. It's engaging in physical activity. It's giving back to the community. It's all these all these things. Um, and as you do it more, you feel better, but then you, you also get this financial reward at the end of the road. I get this financial reward for just doing the things I should be doing, the good things. I mean, you're rewarding good behavior, positive behavior. That's awesome. So you all, I mean, this this is the Cadillac of well-being strategies. <laughs> Uh, you know, I actually just yesterday, I had a client reach out and, you know, it's a small organization. She's really wanting to start, like, we need to do something around well-being. And so having done this work for so long, Nicole, what advice would you give to talent and HR leaders who are just embarking on this well-being journey? Like, where do you where do you start? Yeah, I've worked with um, small businesses in, in in my past of just like other, you know, smaller organizations that don't necessarily have the same size budget as a banner health does to help support you. But, you know, I think that there's a lot of free and available resources out there um, that can help 
to guide some decision making um, if you're not sure where to start, but also provide you materials and content to use. And one of the you know key ones that I always kind of have looked to has been even the CDC. They have a workplace health resource center, which has a number of resources for any organization that's looking to start a wellness program. Um, it provides guides, assessment tools if you kind of want to do like a needs and interest assessment of your population to figure out like what is it they actually need, but also is it what it, what do they really want to engage in? Because it's really important to have a clear snapshot of what your employees actually want. Otherwise, you know some initiatives may fall flat. So that a CDC site is a great starting point. There's also the National Wellness Institute, which is really um, a great leader in the wellness sphere. Uh, they do have certification programs, even for those that are looking to maybe, you know, an HR person wants to become a worksite wellness specialist. They want to learn more and kind of be in the know of like how to develop a program, a strategy, implement and continue to evaluate. They provide like the, that education and material. And they also have some free resource materials for employers to lean on. A couple of others that I can think of include like even your local or county or state health departments. They may have a section in there for businesses and business and workplace health. The American Heart Association has a lot of great information on workplace health solutions. And then the National Council on Mental Wellbeing, which I just have had the recent opportunity to work collaboratively with over the past year. The National Council on Mental Wellbeing actually provides the certification in mental health first aid, which we rolled out at Banner recently, but they have a number of materials and content on, on mental well-being specifically, since that has become such a focus of, of a lot of employers right now. Thanks for sharing all those resources. That's super helpful. So in all of your years of doing this work, and particularly over the last couple, is you've really been championing this well-being strategy at Banner Health. Is there like one thing that comes up for you that you say, if you're going to do one thing well or one area of focus to ensure that a well-being strategy is effective, like what would that be? What comes up for you? I think it goes back to the organization's values and senior leadership and how much they really care about this component of their culture. What I've found in my experience is that the majority of organizations that I've worked for, I've been very grateful to have the opportunity where I've had a senior leader really championing this effort with other senior leadership, as well as, you know, helping to drive strategy with, you know, participation in our, you know, well-being steering committee that we have. And that's been a really, I think, critical component to helping to change the culture of these organizations is the senior leadership support along with like the organization's value for this component of their culture, which is well-being. It starts with leadership, doesn't it? I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, because otherwise, if, if, it's, if it's something that, that the organization, the senior leadership is just espousing, it's not going to feel authentic. It's not going to feel real. I mean, it goes back to the example you shared of the leader modeling the way. And that, that's what drove engagement in the, in the program. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you for broadening the definition of well-being. Thank you for outlining the five pillars that make up your strategy and how that's providing focus. You know, I'm, I'm taking away just the how you're really using it to connect the dots with lots of things that are happening within the organization. That drives the engagement of leaders, no doubt, in the process. You're tracking. You have incentives in place to keep people engaged. So a lot of really good, a lot of really good takeaways. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.